It's a fast-growing city, but of slow adapters. But it, it can sound insulting, and I don't mean it that way. I mean it in terms of not like people can't adapt, but I don't think the people that are from here mind the way it was. Clarksville's Conversation, a podcast that brings you interesting conversations with fascinating people from around Clarksville and Montgomery County. Hey, this is Katie Gamble, and I'm here with Charlie Coon for Clarksville's Conversation. And today with us, we have Mike Burnett. Charlie, would you introduce our Pastor Mike. Brother Mike. Brother, brother Mike. Mike, Pastor Mike. That's what you call me. Hey, can we first. just call each other brother and sister in this podcast for the heck of it? Sure. Yeah, why not? It'd be fun. I do yeah. have a few people that use kind of did, traditional did, church titles like that. Did I call you brother? I think you did. Are we not brothers in Christ? We are. Okay, I was just curious if yeah. I got that wrong. So are you going to introduce him? <laughs> We're working on it. Okay. <laughs> so Pastor Mike Burnett, Life Point Church. What are you laughing at? Just, what are you laughing at? I, you've this? gotten like your radio voice on. And is he? <laughs> Pastor Mike, I have no radio. Do you know you he's never radio. been in radio. Mike he's never mm. been in radio. Yeah. I don't even have a radio voice, but this is the most awkward introduction I've ever done, and I like it. <laughs> Good. Let's just keep it going. Because it's not orchestrated, and that's kind of the that's way we operate. Right. Right. Well, if you're in the position of being introduced, you always wonder like what's going to be said. Oh, well then with that, let me tell you what's going to be said. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't know what's going to be well, said. Well, because I know so I think Katie's like a stats person. She'll have a list of stuff. And Actually, you, I'm not a stats person. Not a stats person, but like you'll have the rundown, the, the bio printed out. But you, Charlie, oh, will be, no, Charlie me, will introduce his friend. He'll be like, this dude, my brother from another mother. He'll let just me just throw tell out. you, Charlie is the one that actually does all the prep. Boom. Get on I'm so proud of you. that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Man. I mean, I, I start on Monday mornings. No, start on Tuesday mornings. Monday's I'm kind of my day behind, off. I'm kind of the branding. How are we going to let everybody know about it? He's the prep person. Gotcha. So I'll send her notes. So she has notes, and if they're no good, they're her notes now. They're not mine. She you had know opportunity. The truth. I just printed it out and looked at it today. When I introduce speakers at the church, do I have prepared thoughts or notes of how to introduce them, but then I get into friend mode. Yeah. And I just introduce them as yeah. a friend. Well, that's kind which of we're what all this friends. is. This is all a bunch of conversations. We've been friends, friends a long time. So now you said you were worried what we were going to ask you. So this is like how we like to start our podcast. All right. <laughs> so I say this every time because do you know that Charlie has never shaved his mustache? I did know that. We've had mm-hmm. extensive conversations about this hair. Yeah. The hair lip. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. And uh, it's yeah. a distinguishing. It's literally. Distinguishing he, so I, I've asked him how many times have I asked you about your mustache? Like or told others. About every. It. <laughs> Often when we meet. And then he sent me a picture one day. Oh, Lord. I think I was telling someone about you, and I said he looks like the 80s Burt Reynolds. If you Google 80s Burt Reynolds, it's yeah. Charlie Coon. It really does. That's Which is a great compliment Bert. because Burt Reynolds was a stud. And he was pretty popular in the 80s, too. So there you go. Charlie. I was That's popular fun. in the 80s. <laughs> and so, <laughs> we're bringing it back. So, anyway, he sends me this picture of him in high school, your tennis picture. I did. And short tall shorts. socks, short shorts, and a very baby mustache oh it was the beginning we need that i think i have it on my phone yeah you'll have to show that yeah, i think i saved so, it as your profile that's intellectual it's property your profile picture on my phone now. <laughs> <laughs> when you call that photo it pops up well that's okay uh, that's why you sent it that's awesome you guys have lost your mind so with that being said i did know that about charlie has never shaved mustache you a question <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I've got a laundry list of questions I like. By to the ask way, you. so Brooklyn, my four-year-old, has a joke to match that. Uh-oh. You should ask her. So she'll say, "I must ask you a question," and then she'll go, "Never mind, I'll shave it for later." Oh, oh yeah, that's right. That's, that's the back good. end of it. That's All right, good. go ahead. It's much more. She's got much more talent than the three of us. I can tell <laughs> that right now. So I've, I've got a laundry list of questions. Did you finish your intro? 
Yeah, I'm done with that. Brother Mike Burnett. <laughs> yeah, Brother Pastor Mike Burnett. Pastor Life, Life Point Church. And Clarksville. Rossview Road. And we meet at West Creek Middle School. Well. You know, we, thank we, you for helping him with that. Yeah, no <laughs> well, it's hard to have an introduction when someone's talking to you, though. I know. Time. I like it, though. So, you're into pop culture because you, you talk about you know, yes. stuff all the time. So, sure. you have your favorite TV shows, your favorite musicians. Sorry, I have a list today. A little dental work, no problem. So, if you had to pick two celebrities to be your parents. Oh. And they're not married celebrities, but two individual yeah, sure. celebrities. Who would they be? Um, a male and a female parent, right? Well, well I mean, you know. Well, you are I, a pastor of a church. I know, but there's uh, there's a lot of dudes that I think would be awesome dads, like Morgan Freeman. Come on, oh, he Denzel. Would be a, he would be a good one. Um, uh, you can't Michael think Scott. of any mommies out there. Michael Scott. I mean, Steve Carell. He's just hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I like, but I. I think my personality, I may surprise you with some of the, I like Tina Fey. I like, um, you don't but for a mother, Kristen Wiig, for a mother, well, because I love, <laughs> it would be interesting. I like humor. I, I mean, I like to enjoy life and have fun. So I think of funny people like that, that I, so, so you got to pair them together though. This okay. isn't, so this isn't like name 35 people. You know. Yeah, I know it's a, it'd be a long list. Let's see. Um, you might want a serious parent and a funny parent. So you can right. have some balance in your life. I've never seen him either pause, stutter, or think like he's doing right now. <laughs> it's biblical, you know. It is. Listen more, talk less. Uh, let's see. I would probably, okay, I, I would go with uh, Denzel. He just seems like a wise guy, but he can be fun. And he can be kind of a... What? He can be intense. He can be intense. Yeah. Um, these are like current yeah, celebs, I mean, just right? whoever. Okay. Um, Carol Burnett would be maybe an aunt. She would be a great aunt. Plus the name fits. Um, I don't know. Tina Fey. Why not? There you go. Denzel, so Denzel and, and Tina, Tina Fey. Fey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, wow. I'm assuming the parent question is like there are things about them that I I, I, I don't know what to see. I have no idea. It's random stuff. Okay, it's cool. a random question. Yeah, he's no, got a list of questions. I bet when I leave cool. here, I'll, I'll come up with like 10 different pairs. Well, it's it's too late now. You've gotten your parents. Steve Carell. Or actually... I like Steve Carell as an actor, but I love the character of Michael Scott. So, yeah. can I just pick a character? Hey, you, this well, is. Well, Michael your... Scott's not a dad. I mean, he. But if he was, he'd be, be yours. Yeah. You picked Denzel. You can't change. I know. Can't Denzel's a solid. Yeah, solid he's, he's, a, he's a stud. He's solid. Yeah, you're right. Well, there you go. He's right. got He's got 35 different people he'd like to have for parents. <laughs> he's got a big family. Yeah. He's got a big family. I'm not even Italian. So, <laughs> my family's got here's another question we'd like to ask. Just kind of get a feel for French. it. When you think of Clarksville, oh yeah, what do you think of? Well, uh, that is a very loaded question. I have thoughts about Clarksville quite a bit, actually. Uh, I love this town. I'm not from here originally, but I think of home, mm-hmm. and I think of my future, raising my kids. Here. It, like we talked about, our kids, this is their home. Yeah, two of my four daughters were born here, and my other two were three and one so that's all they know yeah so i think of home um i still think it's uh i describe clarksville as a fast-growing town of slow adapters oh i've said that have i said that to you before no but that's that's so and i don't mean that as an insult at all i just mean like i think the people from here and that are here kind of like the pace of our town but it's growing beyond us it's growing faster than we want to build roads or yeah you know Mm -hmm. 
change our leadership structures or governance or whatever, get fiber optic internet out by my church, you know, for right. example. So I, I think we're, it's a fast growing city is probably better than town. Um, but of slow adapters of people who don't, I don't feel like the people want to rush the pace. That's a good quote. That's the quote right there. Clarksville is a fast growing town with slow adapters. But it, it can sound insulting and I don't mean it that way. I mean it in terms of not like people can't adapt. But I don't think the people that are from here mind yeah. the way it was. When right. I meet like folks that are from Clarksville, there's a nostalgia there mm-hmm. that I think they grieve sometimes. I think they remember. I mean, I, I can tell you how many times I've heard folks say, I remember when Wilbur Rudolph was a two-lane road and a bunch of hay fields. I remember oh, yeah. when that mall wasn't out there. Yeah, yeah, right. All it was was train and the interstate. You know, That's right. So, mm-hmm. uh, but there's no, nobody's bitter about it. There's just like, a, yeah, this nostalgia is happening. Nostalgia yeah. is a good word for it. Yeah, there's a nostalgia mm-hmm. to Clarksville. I've actually grown really interested uh, lately in the history of our city. Did you know we're called the Queen City? Yes. yes. But do you know why? Because the ship or boat used to be here called the River Queen or whatever? No. All right, well, then tell me why. Well, I just found this out like two weeks ago. Okay. We were just called the Queen City of the Cumberland. So it has to do with our uh, the use of the Cumberland River and Clarksville's, like, tons of shipping that came yeah. through here but it wasn't the primary was port lot, yeah. it was a secondary port did you know also that port royal was being at one time considered to be the state capital i actually did know that somewhere in the recesses of my brain when yeah. you said that i'm like oh yeah but i can't tell you how i knew that and they, i think it was a thumb war they i'm, I'm just kidding but they lost it obviously <laughs> to nashville. Thumb war. yeah they lost the battle to nashville yeah just things like that i find really intriguing yeah. i i love i Honestly, I wish I could go back in time and just watch Clarksville a hundred years ago. Okay. Just be downtown and see it. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. So, so we went from that to uh, Tennessee top spot. Yeah. Right. But in your mind, what should we be? I think what, Clarksville is the best kept secret. And I've, I've actually, you and I have talked about this. I've worked on slogan ideas. Uh, for the city, because I don't think we've branded ourselves well enough. Yeah, um, it is a good best. It is a secret for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, people think of Clarksville uh, that aren't from here, and they think of the Monkey Song. Yeah, right, the last train mm-hmm. to Clarksville. Um, and even like before I moved here, I always thought of Clarksville as just a big exit. Yeah, kind yeah. of how I think of Crossville. Yeah. You know, when I drive to Knoxville to see my family, I think of Crossville as this one big exit on forty. Yeah, uh, but I didn't realize Clarksville was so vast and so amazing. Yeah, um, until I moved here. So why? Why are you here? Why did you move here? Why did you choose why Clarksville? Clarksville? Um, so I was. Tell us the story. I was on. Yeah, sure. It all started. Um, so I grew up in East Tennessee in Johnson City, but I'm originally from New Orleans. So I, I like bigger cities actually. Um, but I moved to Tennessee when I was ten with my fam- my mom and my two brothers. Went to college at UT in Knoxville. Thought I'd stay in Knoxville forever. Met my wife there. And I started in ministry. I was going to be an opera singer. I was training for classical music in college. Uh, thought we'd stay in Knoxville after that. I was on staff at a church. We loved it. And Knoxville is half a million plus. You know, it's got a lot. Every restaurant you need is there and kind of every activity is yeah. there. Then I left for seminary in Missouri to go pursue a master's degree and then looking into senior pastorates. I was looking all over the Middle Tennessee area to take a, a church and um, some of the leadership in the denomination that I belong to told me about this church in Clarksville that was about to close but they had a brand new building yeah. out on Rossview yeah. Road 
So I was intrigued to have a new facility and I knew the people dynamics would change because I just thought this is a growing city. I was learning this is a growing city. So we, we'd attract people. I wasn't worried about that. Yeah. But the new building part was really intriguing. I didn't want to take over a church with like, you know, rusted windows and microphones didn't work. Stinky pews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, I, I wanted to be near Nashville originally because we wanted to work with musicians and entertainers. My wife and I are both classically trained musicians and we felt sort of like <laughs> that's a group of influencers in our culture, artists and entertainers that we wanted to be near and have influence in their lives as disciple makers and pastors. So I wanted to pastor a local church and then during the week be Go like one on one, almost like a chaplain to the entertainment industry. Yeah. Okay. Because I felt like um, just if I could pastor influencers, they have a bigger audience, right? Well, um, there's a lot more to that. But anyway, uh, we ended up in Clarksville, and I thought after about two years, we'd start trying to make inroads in the music industry with coaching or uh, doing some. Um, my wife's an incredible pianist and coach. So we'd do some vocal coaching or musicians coaching and then start kind of making our way in that way and then teaching their kids and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But instead, I, found, I fell in love with the military life and the influencers that are part of the military community. Mm-hmm. And realizing that that dream to really lead leaders, that's kind of my heart, yeah. a passion of mine anyway, uh, was not about the entertainment industry. It was about military leading leadership leaders. and leading leaders that way. <laughs> and so um, anyway, you know, eight and a half years later, we feel like this is the place we'll be forever. Of course, we all say that, and it's just yeah. it's really not up to us. The book of James says, um, don't make your own plans. Just say whatever God wills yeah. is what we want. And I used to hate that verse because I want to be in charge of my you know, future. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But recently, I had a pastor friend of mine who used to say that about his church. He said, we'd be here forever. And then he got, um, the Lord really clearly directed him to Texas. Yeah. So I'm not in any position to want to leave or anything, but I'm also, I don't want to be... Um, we don't want contrary to, to scripture, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to be oh, yeah. contrary to scripture though either. So, but anyway, um, yeah, Clarksville was like a job opportunity initially, and then it just became a place that we've fallen in love with. And the church, of course, the story of the church has really been amazing, and that, that compels us to stay as well. We just so, how many people were in your very first when you that very first sermon you did there at Life? Well, it wasn't Life Point then either. It was something else then. Wasn't yeah. It? Well, it how was, many people were in the audience or in the church so uh that spring of 2010 i did like a tryout i i've joked about it being my american idol audition it was your interview (laughs) yeah so i did an interview weekend like thursday through sunday or monday and um that sunday i preached for the church and i had a bunch of meetings with leaders board members Uh and congregants and that kind of stuff and then i think 52 members voted on me were there for the Mm -hmm. sunday that i've I've preached to try out and all but two of them voted yes <laughs> i don't know who the two no's were but <clears throat> maybe it was my wife was one i don't know I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh anyway 52 voted on us then and then we left back to missouri to kind of close up our life there and three weeks later we moved here so how many we people were in church this past sunday um just physically just, not the yeah. whole internet thing and all that which is even bigger um i'm, I'm not exactly sure because I didn't preach this past Sunday. Okay. But uh, at Christmas, we had like 4,200 Right. Something. That's really what I was getting at. Yeah. Because Life Point Church was recently named the fastest growing church in the United States, yeah, correct? It's pretty amazing. It is pr- extremely amazing. Yeah. Again, in this secret sleepy town. Mm-hmm. Not sleepy town, but. Now, 
we know that that's all God ordained. For sure. And that's what you're going to say. If I ask the question, why do you think that is? You're going to say God. Point to the sky. But what has he done? What, what, has, what have you seen working in the church to help you get to that point? So I get asked that question mm-hmm. all the time by pastors and leaders. Growth is something every entrepreneur wants to see in whatever industry right. they're in, whether it's radio or marketing, banking, real estate or ministry. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I'm a pastor first, but also have a real entrepreneurial spirit. I have Mm -hmm. a leadership bend. And so I want to see uh, measurable growth. And, you know, the criticism of that in the church world, it's really interesting. Uh, People will say, well, you know, that pastor's all about numbers. I go, well, every industry is about numbers and everybody's about numbers and everything. When you check your bank accounts, you check your, I mean, you go to the doctor and they check numbers. And what numbers do is they determine health or sickness and where you need to work on things. So we're not all about numbers, but in our industry, in church work, numbers are actually human beings and lives. And so I am about the lives of people. Well, you want to know you're impacting people's lives in a positive way. Well, numbers for us are not arbitrary like units. Mm -hmm. You know, in business world, numbers translate to units and how do you increase your units. But you're not, you know, if you're selling burgers, you don't care about their kids and their soccer games and the lives of their families yeah. falling apart. And you don't yeah. care about their grandmother who just died of cancer. Whereas mm-hmm. with us, in ministry, the units are human beings who God loves and cares for. So we do care about, you know, making a greater impact for more humans. But um, that was a, a long rabbit trail around your question. You asked, what have we done to see growth? And that's the question people ask a lot in in ministry. Those, you know, what's your secret or what are you doing? And And I always like to say, we don't really have any secrets. Like we do the same things that every church does in terms of we do weekend services. I preach from the same Bible. We have a few songs. Um, We do a sermon. We have kids ministry. We have volunteers, uh, small groups. Some churches do Sunday school classes. We do small groups during the week. So we do a lot of the same programming. But I think for LifePoint, one of the things that we've really focused on has been the culture of our church, which I described as how does it feel to be there? I mean... Mm -hmm. Uh, truthfully, I could do the same things in a different building or uh, with different leadership, and that would change the feel of it. But our facility, our leadership, I mean, the intangible stuff is the culture of our church. And that's what we focus a lot on. Uh, How does it feel to come on the parking lot? How does it feel to walk in the lobby? Everything from physical things like temperature, smell, color schemes, and that's all seems kind of superficial. I actually asked your stuff. wife one day, hey, what, what scent are y'all piping through the... Yeah. Because, I mean, I, it smells very clean in there. And every time you walk in, you smell that same smell, mm-hmm. and it reminds you of being at your church. Mm-hmm. It's a white tea something. Yeah, she told me I have yeah. it. But anyway, it's, <laughs> I, uh, I think everything from smell to temperature to sound levels, all that stuff mm-hmm. matters to the feel. But then the real feel element is what's the culture of the vibe of the people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you hear it from me. Anybody's welcome in our church to get wrecked by Jesus. So it's a, it's a low judgment zone. I can't say no judgment zone because I'm sure people out there judging folks. Um, but it's a low judgment zone. And from my perspective, anybody's welcome at LifePoint. Uh, we have a high generosity culture. We have a high uh, invitation culture. We have a diversity culture. That's the stuff we focus on because I can't change the Bible, right? right? I can't change the general... Uh, structure of what it means to be a church. If you're going to be a fast food restaurant, you're going to have burgers, fries, milkshakes, and Cokes. Well, in the church world, you're going to have Sunday services, sermons with the Bible, worship songs, kids, ministry, and volunteers. Those are the systems that all churches do. But I can control the culture. 
Well, I, I think too. And, and, and lead and direct and shape the culture. I don't want to say control, but I can shape right. the culture. And one of the things that I've noticed is I do think that leadership starts at the top. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the, and you don't give yourself enough credit because I think one of the things that you've done that sets you apart and then sets the groundwork for how you want your staff to do is you've really jumped in and made Mike Burnett a part of this community. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've gotten to know people, you've put yourself out there, like you just got back from Mark Green getting yeah. sworn in, praying for him. And I think that makes a difference too. I mean, because I moved here in 2007, you can either be a part of the community or you can watch it all happen. And you've you've not just said, I'm going to live here, I'm going to plant roots here. And I think that has a lot to do with, yeah. because I think your staff mirrors what you do as well and your, how you feel about things. Yeah, I don't like the idea of churches being in a boat slip. Mm-hmm. I like them cruising their own harbor. Yeah. And so I think of Clarksville, Clarksville owns LifePoint Church. Right. And Life Point Church belongs to Clarksville. So when I think about my church or the church I pastor, it's God's church. But when I think about Life Point, I'm, ne- I'm never settled with thinking just the people who attended this past weekend are the church there. I'm thinking of who's not part of the church yet. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of who's coming. And I think we owe it to God to belong to this city. I uh, it's the place we're planted. So, <clears throat> so in the kind of American evangelical world um, there's this dichotomy between the local church and then missions right so every local church that's evangelical and I mean I probably mean that a little bit um, maybe I'm I'm painting too broadly there but like your mainline denominational churches they're going to talk about missions and missionaries overseas and that kind of stuff but I I think um Typically in American evangelicalism, we plant and start churches built on a brand, right? A denominational brand. And we go, we kind of raise the flag of our brand and we go, could all the people of this brand come and help me get this church going and let's rally our brand. And that's not always the case, but it does happen a lot. And I know even in my denomination, that's kind of an attitude that we have. Let's plant more of these types of churches. And then we say missions is something we do over there. We send money and people to Africa or to India or China. Well, I just, I remember praying about moving to Clarksville thinking, what does this mission field look like? Mm-hmm. And I think the local church in a city is the missional outpost of its city, right? So we belong to a town. We belong to a community. Just like we would send a missionary to, to Dubai, yeah. we go, you're... You have to love that city and learn their culture and learn their history and their values and then do ministry to reach those people. Well, I think most cities in America are, are without Jesus. I mean, 85% of Americans don't go to church anymore. And so I look at Clarksville as a mission field. And that means I got to be in the field. Yeah, I got to right. be out there and I got to be a part of it. Plus, I like people. I mean, yeah. I love being out right. in the city. I, I feel like sometimes, Charlie and I have talked about this before, I feel like I make people uncomfortable sometimes when I'm at their parties or doing the things that they want to do. But that's where I'm a low judgment See, leader. See, that surprises me because, I, and I guess it's because I have the privilege of knowing you, but you feel like the, one of the most approachable people. Yeah, I, you know, I try to always be. Uh, it's, uh-huh. it's interesting when I'm never uncomfortable in a crowd, but I read people's discomfort. Mm-hmm. And I try to kind of be aware of that and give mm-hmm. them space to whatever. Um, I don't, I don't, 
want to come in like I'm wearing a clerical robe and be the judge. I've never the felt like that I have to in come house. in with my. Yeah, right. Oh, I is. felt it a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, but, you did. But that was, you know, when I was doing something wrong. Right. You know, which is right. Well, even then, though, even then, I don't think I, I've never felt like Mike is judging me. Like, I I'm think really that, not, I, I don't I've have never that felt me. that from you. And I've, prob- I've probably said a few things in front of him that I shouldn't have said in the past and then gone, oh, that is my pastor. But then I thought, um, yeah. yeah, it's Mike. Well, my, my job's not to be Jesus. It's to point people to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And, and I, I really take that seriously. And people have apologized for stuff they said to, in front of me. Yeah. Or, uh-huh. uh, we were talking about this once at a football game. Somebody yeah. was drinking beer. And I came into the... It was probably the, me. No, it was, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was someone else. But they were drinking. And when I, I just came into this box to just say hello. And um, they, they tucked it, their beer away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I just go, I don't... You're grown. Like, you can do what you want. To. Yeah. yeah. And they apologize. Like, I'm sorry. I know this is wrong. I probably shouldn't be doing And I'm a, like, I won't drink it until you leave. Yeah. And I, <laughs> it'll be all right. And I just <laughs> said, I, that's where I say, like, I notice I don't want to make people uncomfortable. So I try mm-hmm. to be sensitive to that. But yeah. I love this city, man. Nobody here threatens me or freaks me out. There's no crowd that I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to be around because I feel assigned yeah. to this whole city, not just the church people who show up on Sundays. Well, I think that shows and that's. I, th- I think that that's genuine and that shows and that's part of the reason why people just want to be a- around you and want to come to Life Point because it's just real. Well, God, God's opened some really cool doors for uh, our church and me in particular, I guess. You know, I get to work with the stu- student athletes at Austin P. That's mm-hmm. just so much fun. And that's just a door that God opened. I mean, I didn't even go knocking on that yeah. door. Scripture says in uh, Proverbs 18, I think it is, that a man's gifts make room for him and puts him before great leaders. And I literally was in D.C. yesterday praying over a U.S. congressman, mm-hmm. uh, he and his wife, and, um, and a U.S. senator who was in the room with us. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I didn't call and ask, hey, yeah. can I come to that? Yeah. It's just God opening doors through relationship and just being available to the city. So it, what I was saying earlier is I don't want to be a, a pastor in my building all the time, a ship right. in a slip. I want to be a, in the harbor. I want to be around the people and, and being a pastor for this town. And, I, and I, I'm friends with a lot of pastors here, too, and I know that a lot of us share that same heart. Yeah. You know, there's something you say all the time. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's welcome. And then, then when we're in there, I've heard you say this before, and I want you to explain it to me. Yeah. It's okay to be weird. Just don't be a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> you say that a lot. I giggle all the time when you yeah. say it, but I, I get it, too. But kind of tell me why you say that. So I didn't grow up in church, and I, I became a Christian when I was 17. And so I had to learn a whole new subculture, mm-hmm. honestly. And that's what Christianity has become, unfortunately, in some regards. I think um, God's intention is that it would be the prevailing culture. But, um, and, and at the end of all things, by the way, that will be the prevailing culture. Yeah. Kingdom yeah. of God. I just choose to live in it now. Um, but anyway, I think in the, the Christian subculture, which has its own lingo, its own T-shirts, its own movies. I mean, yeah. that's just odd to the culture. And so it's weird. And, and I, I, I use the word weird in the sense of just peculiar. It's different. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but when you're so in that culture that you can't speak normal talk like the rest of the world. Yeah. Right. You can't say um, like if I saw you and I was like, you said, oh, Mike, how are you doing Charlie? today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. If you see me out and you're like, Mike, how are you doing today? And I'll go, uh, you know, I'm OK. Well, bless God, you mean blessed and highly favored, amen? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. don't be a weirdo. Just yeah. be normal. Be a yeah. human in yeah, this culture, right. 2019 in America, yeah. in Clarksville. 
but be set apart. Like be different. By your actions. Yeah, and by your faith. Mm-hmm. Right? And let, let Christ reign in your life, but don't there's a an older way of saying that. It's like don't be so heavenly minded that you're no worldly good. Yeah. And that's what I mean by that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the Christians there's a, a book out that said Jesus needs new PR and the idea is that Gandhi, I think, is quoted for saying, he, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that he actually did say it, um, I, I love your Jesus, it's the Christians I have a problem with. Yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes the way that we uh, live out the faith is a little peculiar. And that's what I mean by that. Yeah. Like, I want us to be weird and different and set apart, but you don't have to be a weirdo about it. Yeah. You don't have to be yeah. condemning, judgmental, critical. Unapproachable. Pr- yeah, inapproachable. Yeah, that's what I mean yeah. by that. You know, you know, we've we've talked about church and, and yeah. all that, but you've got to get away. You've got to like clear your head. So how do you do that? What what do you do for Mike? Yeah, uh, well, I struggle with that because I'm a bit of a workaholic, and I love what I do. So um, I, I'm constantly thinking about what I do and the people in our church. For me, it's not just thinking about you know putting light bulbs in the building. Yeah. For me, it's thinking about the coons and gambles and the families in our church so it takes me literally it takes me at least seven to ten days to turn it off yeah so that's why i take two week vacations in a row because the first week i can't stop thinking about it mm-hmm. it's kind of a detox week for me but my family and i we like the beach uh we like the mountains go to gatlinburg pigeon forge so if i did like a four-day trip to dollywood it'd be almost a waste it'd be yeah. hard I'd have mm-hmm. what I've started doing the last couple of years. I give my wife my phone and I don't take any technology with me. That's um, smart. It's hard, man. That is really hard. And I don't, I stopped wearing an Apple watch for the same reason, but, um, we like to go there. I like to work out. I try to work out three or four days a week usually. Um, and then I hunt in the fall. That's a lot of fun. I'm terrible at golf. Um, so I don't like to say, I like to go play golf. So, cause so what we hunt hunting? What what do you? What do you hunt? Well, he yeah. said in the fall, so it's probably deer. I hunt deer, and I'll kill squirrels that I donate to a friend who'll eat them. But I have a <laughs> bunch of nuisance squirrels in my yard. <laughs> you, Is that bad to say? That's probably not politically correct. I don't you know. should come to my house and see the turkeys. Oh, I see yard. them. I've almost hit them with my car driving by your it's house. It's crazy. Yeah, and, and they, you've got those brown ones out there. Oh, it, the craziest thing is Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're all in there eating. And I got like 40 turkeys in my front yard. I'm like, do you, Joe? You should have literally walked out into your front yard with the turkey leg in your mouth, like eating it with a, and taking a selfie. It back. was the funniest thing. I do have some pictures that we That's did take. That's so funny. So, so this is something a lot of people don't know about. You talking about turkey legs. We're not going to talk about turkeys. Yeah. You kind of are a foodie. You really get into I food am. stuff. I know. I am. It's, it's bad because I'm not. I don't have good metabolism <laughs> to be a foodie. And it's probably not what you want to talk about right That's now okay. on a fast. But so, what would be if you were going? To, if it was just you and your wife, mm-hmm. and you were going to cook her a gourmet meal, what would you cook for? She loves fillet. Oh, what is mm, That's her favorite food. Yeah. Uh, whenever we go anywhere that has good steak, mm-hmm. she always opts for that or a burger and fries. Stephanie is like so. She's she like is a woman after my own heart. Yeah. She is my friend. I yeah, love she's that. She's very, mm-hmm. tr- she's very uh, committed to those two things. And I will try anything with sauces on it. Mm-hmm. I love. Anytime I go somewhere to eat too, I go. I'll ask like, "Do you have any dipping sauces?" And if they only say, "Yeah, we got ranch, honey mustard, ketchup," I'm like, "This place, I'll never go here again." <laughs> so I like the, you know, the concocted <clears throat> sauces. You know, mm-hmm. like the, I don't know, whatever. So. Uh, but I, I love ethnic foods, 
Asian food, especially. I went to Korea uh, a year and a half ago, and we ate bulgogi every day, and I never got tired of it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I love sushi. Um, I, you know, I don't mind a good steak. I don't ever cook a steak correctly. I always burn it or overcook it. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I just like good food. I don't like cheap food. I don't like. I don't eat fast food ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the only fast food I'll really eat Chick Fil A. But then mm. next to that is like Chipotle, which is that whatever they call mid-grade, not fast food, but right. it's not whatever that and next. And, you know, they're doing like healthy food for yeah. right now, Whole30, keto, all that stuff. Chick-fil-A. Ooh. Yeah. Good. It's the goodness it's right It's real there. good. And Chick-fil-A is a, uh, um, it's, a con- it's a consistent game. It's a consistent winner for our family. Um, but then when you want it on Sundays, that's yeah. the only time that's, that's, that's terrible. That's yeah. tough. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I've got to go back to music just for a yeah. minute because we we all love love That's music, right. and and you talk about it all the time with your training and all that. But let's say I'm driving down the street listening to the radio, and a song comes on. When I hear a song and think of you, what song would that be? So I flying back today. I was listening to the whole uh, the original London cast recording or the original Canadian cast of the Phantom of the Opera. Uh, it's one of my favorite CDs. Yeah, it's from yeah. like 1992 or something like that. Um, any Italian opera stuff, you'd probably or. So you listen to opera? I do. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, I have a couple jazz vocalists that I really like really? a lot: Craig, uh, Gregory Porter, and Kurt Elling. Cool. He's probably the best. So now I'm going to ask this question. It's going to make me sound probably totally ignorant, but I don't know anything about the opera world. So mm-hmm. when you're in college and you're going to study opera and you want to go and be an opera singer, how does someone get a job as an opera singer? Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, how does that happen? Well, what just is, because you get the degree doesn't mean you can do the have the, the job. jobs for it. So you, would you have had to have gone to New York or yeah. something like that? Okay. Yeah, so being a tall baritone is good because there's not a lot of them. Okay. And they tend to be either the hero or the villain, but there's always a, that okay. role in every opera. Yeah. Have you um, ever been in an opera? Oh, yeah, a lot. Oh. Yeah, I mean, all through college and even okay. after I did quite a few. Um, is there any video of that anywhere uh-huh. we can get our hands on? Uh, I don't think so. I bet we can find I do have some audio stuff, but that's okay. That's another world for me. That's 20 years ago almost. Yeah. Um, But so being a tall baritone, I mean, you just consistently would get work. The the joke is there's a billion sopranos out there trying to get work. There's about uh, a million, just under the sopranos is all the tenors trying to get work. So the high voice, male and females, Mm -hmm. always have. There's just a plethora of. There's only three good ones, right? The mezzo sopranos, the uh, or the altos, like in a choral arrangement. Uh, there's not nearly as many of them, and they're when you find a good one, man, they work all the time. And then lyric, a lyric baritone, um, who's a tall person, uh, mm-hmm. they're just really rare. So I, I was getting my senior year of college. I think I did five operas. Okay. And um, and I, my plan was to look at like Juilliard or the Cincinnati Conservatory. I was looking at UT Knoxville for their grad program too, which is where I did my undergrad. But my wife had a year left of college, so I had to wait a year anyway to move or else I would have left without her, you know, and I didn't want to do that. So then at the same time, I was offered a job in ministry, and that's kind of how I shifted gears. So God had a different plan. Right. But yeah, so you have to have the chops at the end of the day. It's like you can go to all the basketball camps in the world, but if you can't make a basket, you can't play basketball. You're not going to play for anybody. Mm -hmm. Or if you're 5'1. You know, it's going to be hard to... Why are you looking at me? Because you know I can't play basketball. No, I was just waiting for you to sing something. Oh, or sing. You can sing from the heart. 
Make a <laughs> joyful noise. In church, and you can ask my husband Steve about this, I sing loud. The problem is I don't always know the words. Or when there's a pause, I'm singing. And he will turn and look at me every That's time so and go, really, Katie? <laughs> True story. That's so funny. <laughs> it's, yeah. That's all right. He goes, uh, I think that word is not in there. I'm like, it is now. That's how Stephanie is. She learns songs orally. Yeah. And, but she doesn't like take time to study the, the old lyrics. Mm-hmm. And so she'll sing wrong lyrics that sound like the lyrics of the mm-hmm. song. Anyway, she doesn't know the words. You know the song Groove is in the Heart? Yeah. Groove is in the Forever, I thought it was rumors in the house, and that's how that's how I sang it. And then, like one day, Steve and I are driving uh, down the road, and he says, "What?" Yeah. Another one is, you know, "Dust on the Bottle." No. You know, it's a country song. A little dust on the bottle, singing yeah. Charlie. I thought it, which it makes sense. I sung it for years as "Dust on the Bible." Like you know, you're taking it out and finally getting back in the that Bible. That could also be a country song. Yeah, and Steve said, "No, yeah. Katie, it's dust on the bottle." And I went, "Oh, yeah." I don't listen to country music, so I don't oh, know there that you one. Go. But I do know the beat. So, so I could never be an opera singer. It yeah. would be bad. Well, the good thing about singing opera, though, is if you do, if you forget a line or uh, you just make up Italian-sounding Nobody syllables. understands what you're saying anyway. Man, in my senior recital, I did five languages. Uh, I did an hour set. And in every set, I screwed up the words. Mm-hmm. Even the English set. <laughs> and I, you just throw in new words, and they don't know the music. So It's all about the emotion. That's right. Yeah. Well, I have one more question. Okay. You know, you're you're the pastor. Everybody comes to the pastor, needs something, advice oh, or whatever. And you know, at some point, I know you have staff to answer yeah, questions and and all that. But the staff comes to the pastor. You know, who do you go to? Who's your mentor? Yeah. So I have uh, my mentor is a guy named Rod Loy in Little Rock, Arkansas. He's I have. In my second year here, I really started pursuing like spiritual fathers and mentors because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Our church was growing so fast, and I had never been a part of a fast-growing church, a growing church, in fact, or a large church. The biggest church I'd ever been a part of was like 600. And so our church had gone from 85 to 250 in a year, and then 350 or 400 in the next year. So I reach out, and I'm looking for spiritual fathers and mentors. So I, I wanted a man... Because I'm a guy, I, you know, I wanted a man who could speak into my life, who was a generation older than me, whose kids are grown and still serve God and love their parents, and they have a healthy marriage. Uh, the size of the church didn't really matter that much. It needed, I wanted it to be bigger than mine. So anyway, Rod Loy's a guy. He's in Little Rock, Arkansas. I talked to him quite a bit. And then I have uh, he and two others are overseers of our church, actually. So it's in our governance. Yeah. Uh, one is a guy named Dino Rizzo out of Birmingham, Alabama. He's with a church called Church of the Highlands. And then a guy named Aaron Allison. He's like an, a, an older brother. Um, I think he's like five years older than me, maybe six or eight. But anyway, he's in Hendersonville at a church called the Church at Indian Lake. And so these are three leaders who aren't at LifePoint. Because I oversee the staff. I actually am the president of the board yeah. as well. So I'm, I'm kind of the top leader in that organization. And I do need a covering. Sure. And so I have those three overseers. And then my pastor... Uh, I have my pastor from Knoxville, but um, we don't we don't really communicate a whole lot. And part of that's just he's not into technology, and he's much older <laughs> than me, and he's very private. But my pastor is a guy named Chris Hodges in in Birmingham. He pastors a large church there in in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. 
So those are guys that I talk to a lot via text, via phone call, whether it's in crisis or good times. I'm always giving updates on what's going well. Mm -hmm. I I call them when I'm struggling. We've had some leadership change this last 12, 14 months. And I mean, they will all walk me through that. That's awesome. I I need it. I don't I don't believe in being a Lone Ranger pastor. Uh, It's why I'm a part of a denomination. I don't really talk about my denomination a whole lot. It's not because I don't love who they are. It's the Assemblies of God. But. I want to be more about the kingdom of God than the assemblies of God. And I want to yeah. be more about Clarksville and Springfield, Missouri. So, um, but I have that relationship because I believe in accountability and covering. So we haven't branded our church around a denomination. Back right. to your original question, we've tried to brand it around Clarksville. And so, uh, but I belong to a denomination, a fellowship, yeah. and I have covering and I need it. And then I have friends in town too. Like there are guys that in this city, that I uh, I know that they can separate between me being their pastor and me being somebody who can just kind of vent with them. Leo Milan right. is a good buddy of mine. Yeah, he, oh yeah. he and I are both leaders, and he's super busy, and I'm super busy, and we'll get together about once a month or so and just kind of let it kind of dump Yeah. Mm-hmm. and pray for each other. We all need that, other. don't we? Yeah. So there's some folks in town that I have for that, too, and a bunch of pastor friends. That's awesome. Yep. Well, we thank you for coming in today oh, and having fun. a podcast with us. We hope to have you back. And more than that, I want to thank you for um, investing in this community. For sure. Because um, you've really, I think you've really kind of put yourself out there and been available to people, a lot of the leaders in the community, and and you pray for our community. That's a big deal, too. So yeah. thank you for that. It's my pleasure. I love it here. Yeah. Well, we love having you, and thanks for taking time. and. I will say, put Spend time with you know, in the original fast growing city of slow adapters, you know, that statement I made, um, one of the things I found really difficult initially was connecting to the culture of the city. Cause you're not, I'm not from here Yeah. and being a transplant. I think some of our local folks are used to people coming and going because of the military and I knew I wanted to stay. So I've just kept showing up to stuff That's and, right. mm-hmm. and being around. And now I do feel like I, I, you know, you're almost there. Yeah. You're almost. Just keep plugging away. Yeah, just, just, a little just a little bit more. Yeah. Just a little bit more. But I do. I feel like this city has been good to us and our family and the church. I mean, LifePoint, I'm thankful, has a good reputation in town. Yeah. You know, yeah. that in the church world, that's one thing you never want is a bad reputation. Let's Seriously. keep it that way, Mike. Well, and it's, it. it's, it, it's funny to hear, like, there are some towns where they're big churches that people hate them. They're known yeah. for, like causing traffic problems or they have bad reputations with leadership and i'm thankful that our church has a good reputation yep thanks again for coming we're gonna have you back thanks love you too clarksville's conversation subscribe now on your favorite podcasting app so you don't miss a single conversation